You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to another episode of the World's Team on Blogging the Boys Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray, and 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 since hunting in Greece, we have brought in the big guns, aka Jeff Kavanaugh from 971 The Freak. It's me, the big gun. <laughs> He's brought his own drops and everything. That's how you know it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Um, tell the people what you're up to over at The Freak these days. You you switch time spots and everything. Yeah, we're on from 2 to 6 p.m. on 97.1 The Freak. That is me and Mike Reiner and Julie Dobbs and Sweet Sweet Groobs. We're on from 2 to 6 if you're in the DFW area on 97.1. And if you're outside the listening area, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just find 97.1 The Freak. Our show name is The Speakeasy, and we podcast literally every segment we've ever done. So you can find all of them wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can hear such topics like, would you drink your friend's breast milk and whatnot? Yes, a lot of breast milk talk, a lot of boobs. We always appreciate the uh, tangents that you go on, so be sure to check them out. Um, but let's let's talk about these Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we have the second preseason game coming up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Um, but that also leads us to we are done with camp at Oxnard. So what was kind of your favorite storyline from camp over there in California? Uh, I thought it was super boring, which was kind of cool. <laughs> Um, was it because you weren't there or it just didn't have too much going on? No, it just didn't have too much going on. Like at first, our dear friend Dave Hellman and I were talking about it on like the third day of not being there. It was like, how'd it feel? And I'm like, man, the first day it was like, oh no, I'm not at camp. And then you kind of realize, oh wait, you also don't really need to be. Like it's great for content creation to do segments and stuff but as far as like stuff that's going to matter for the cowboys and determine how their season goes i can get every bit of it that i need without even being there it's great um so i didn't mind it at all um my favorite part and normally you go down into the weeds to talk about stuff but i don't think you have to with this team i think my favorite part is Micah Parsons is noticeably better at football which is wild ass considering he was already maybe the best player on the team and he is noticeably yeah. better in terms of power and uh, as a pass rusher. Like Your best player getting better is wild, but that's Micah Parsons. That's what he does. Yeah, I feel like when you go into camp and all the guys come back and people get eyes on them and stuff, when people are like, oh, he looks so much bigger or like more muscly or whatever this year, usually everyone – like that doesn't typically translate – 
But I think the fun part with Micah is that really does because he's also putting in all this like extra crazy work on the side too. So he's been really fun to, to watch. Obviously he's, he's the star. Yeah. My other uh, probably favorite thing out of camp is seeing it be true. When somebody talks up a young player, like Jalen Tolbert last year was kind of lost. Uh, and then this year you get to hear all the words about how he looks great and oh, he's really got a hold of it now. He's really got a handle on this thing. But then you watch it and you go, oh, they're not lying. Uh, like last year, that dude was just kind of thinking and trying not to drown. And this year, Jalen Tolbert's just playing. And once you're just playing, then you can go back to a scouting report from South Alabama and look at how he played. And you go, oh, this dude can play. He just was not ready. And now it appears that he is. I just did a thing with Jesse Holly, youtube.com slash Jeff Kavanaugh. Um, and I, like Michael Gallup should probably have an eye on the rear view. I think Jalen Tolbert's not only wide receiver four. I think there's a chance he's coming for some wide receiver three snaps. Woo. All right. Well, since you do a lot of like, draft work and scouting and stuff like that. What's something from like his South Alabama days that you've seen? Obviously you didn't see it show up his first year, but you know, that's shown up as his second year that gets you like super excited about him other than just the fact that he's been able to make any sort of impact, which is well, different from last year. He's just a really good player. I mean, he was at a small school, but he's one of those dudes where it's like, when you start talking about um, like, how does he win or where does he win? The answer is like all over the place. He's really good at one of my favorite things is just kind of tempo changes and route running. And that's how you get open in the NFL. It's by manipulating speeds and angles. And uh, I think Gallup has turned into a guy that's kind of a straight line, but also not a burner. So it's really weird guys. We're not doing, it. we're not barking. I promise we're not. I think they're agreeing with you. <laughs> Um, so no, Jalen Tolbert, like, yeah, he can, he can be a deep threat, but he's also a nice route runner. He does no limitations to the sort of routes he can run. Cause he can do the straight line, stop and go. He can do the agile side to side. Jalen Tolbert is just a really nice player. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think he could be somebody's second best receiver at some point. And it was like last year, you're kind of giving up on that where it's like, whoops, I was wrong about him. And now that it looks like he's got a handle on it, I go back to it and I'm like, this dude can play and Gallup's coming off an ACL and he's more of a slant go stop guy. And I think Tolbert can run everything. And so, yeah, Michael Gallup head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't feel like we've heard too much about Gallup in camp, you know, of like a great note, I guess. Um, does he just kind of look business as always or. And that's not um, a good, like, I don't, that's not a good thing for a right. wide receiver for like camp is about wide receivers at, CD Lamb, you see all the time. Brandon Cooks, you see all the time. And then you hear about Jalen Tolbert, um, which again, not there this year. So I, I can't say that Michael Gallup didn't have a nice camp or whatever. But John Mashota sends out every play they've run ever. And you see the guys that are popping and the guys that are making plays consistently. And Jalen Tolbert has become one of those guys. So I just think, I think we might be in for a little something with, with our guy. All right, head on a swivel, Michael Gallup. You're on notice. Um, <clears throat> okay, so there was something that came up this week more so than, I guess, the other weeks. But there was, you know, some chippiness, some, you know, fighting, infighting, I guess you would say, um, at practice this week. 
Um, Kelsey gave me her take, which I was not expecting. So I just want to see like where you, where you sit with this. Um, do you think, you know, the infighting and stuff like that, does that make that team undisciplined or are they just like chomping at the bit? What are you? Oh, no, I don't think at all. I actually think this is the least I've ever seen them fight in a training camp. Um, so no, I don't think it makes you undisciplined at all. Now, when you do the Micah Parsons thing where you're literally punching someone with a closed fist, it makes you kind of a silly goose. Uh, cause the only thing you might possibly do is hurt your hand. So that's always been a dumb move, but you know what, Michael Parsons, you can have some leeway cause you're awesome. And I love you. Uh, no, cause there really wasn't much of it. And the stuff that I saw, yeah. like there, there's a rules in training camp, there's two rules. So there's most of training camp, which falls between the two rules. Rule one is the first day they get there. And the first few days, everyone you talk to is in the best shape they've ever been. There's no way they're going to get hurt this year because of all the stuff they did this off season, best shape of my life, best I've ever felt. That's day one through three. Then there's the rest of the days. And then there's the last day in pads. And the last day in pads is also known as fight your friend day because they know <laughs> they're done. They know it's over. And it's the same as any other job. The last 15 minutes, whoever's listening to this, you don't do anything at work. I know you don't because you're just ready to leave. They're tired of being around each other and competing against each other. And so, yes, eventually someone is going to hit someone. And in this case, I think Biotis started it, which was awesome because I love that Tyler Biotis has reached a point in his career where he's comfortable. Like, yeah, I don't give a crap. I can do this. Uh, and he laid out Sam Williams because he thought Sam Williams was going to punch a backup guy. And then and I think Micah's was probably a retaliation to that where he was like, Hey, you laid out my guy and it had nothing to do with you. So now you're going to get some of me and it's fine. And look, there really could be dudes on the team. 53 guys don't all like each other. Like they're not all friends that Sam Williams might not like Tyler Biotish. I have no idea, but Micah is on record that he does. Tyler might not like Sam Williams. I have no idea. It also doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no, when they're talking crap to each other, when they get in a fight, it literally means nothing. It means it's the, it's the last day in pads. And this is what we do. We fight each other because we're about to go home and we're done. Men classic. I don't have enough testosterone for that anymore. No. So it's like, yeah. And you also, what you're not going to see is you're not going to see somebody over the age of 30 involved because they're running out of testosterone. They have to hold it. But yeah, 22 to 28 year olds are going to fight the last day in pads. It's the rules. That's what Dr. Jeff says, at least. Yep. Um, speaking of Tyler Biotich and, you know, the O-line, there was some concern. There was concern from a lot of people, you know, even prior to the draft. But then I think, you know, when you get to training camp and you don't have Zach Martin, there is just some cracks that were showing a bit now there was like a lot of good things. There was bad things, you know, obviously Zach is back. Do you think the stuff like the, the chemistry and like overall, like the way that they were uh, melding this O-line, do you think that all those problems are kind of fixed by bringing Zach back? Or do you think there's still some points of concern over there? No, I think they're fixed for today. I think everything yeah. is fine. Yeah. Everything's fine today and everything is fine for week one. I do. Unfortunately, I will have a half of a wonk eye on Tyron Smith because right. I think it's important that Cowboy fans know, because I know there's a faction that's like Tyler Smith, you want him to be your left tackle. Just put him in. Tyron's going to get hurt. You never play worse football on purpose. And Tyron Smith last year was still better at left tackle than Tyler Smith. And it's not close. Uh, but I, and this could just be a product of cheese, what Micah Parsons has turned into, but Tyron Smith wasn't getting beat occasionally. Tyron Smith was kind of my alarm bells are going off. Like, uh Oh, are we there? 
Have we reached the downturn? Um, but even if we have, I don't think it'll be some drastic fall off. They're starting five. They're fine. They have somewhere between a good and maybe between pretty good and good offensive line with their front five. The problem is as soon as one of them gets hurt, they have literally nobody who can play NFL football. Yeah. I feel like it, the Josh ball of it all, how did I, I regret to even ask the question, like how'd he look? He can't, he can't play NFL football. Yeah. He just can't. Um, he's not an NFL player. Um, he just can't pass protect at all. And if you can't, pass protect you can't play nfl football so like i'm hopeful that somebody like matt will let's go or i don't know brock hoffman i don't know just the names that i'm having to say is not good uh but hopefully they can find what they here's what they really should do what they really should do is i just saw 15 minutes ago jason peters said yep i still want to play nfl football done you're a cowboy again sign jason peters immediately uh, because there's your Tyron Smith insurance. Is he going to play at a super high level? No, he's old. Is he going to play better than what you have right now? Absolutely. Until the day he dies or loses a leg. I mean, and you you saw that last year when he was able to like be in the game. He was at least a good stopgap in between, you know, Tyron and whatever other remedies they were trying. So that's actually a great point. Do you think there's like any not if you're Jerry, obviously you're signing him, but do you think that that's actually a possibility? I, yeah, I think it is. Um, but I mean, it, it's also just something that to me is common sense. I don't know. They don't always have common sense. Like last year, common sense was your receivers aren't good enough. And it turned out to be true and they just totally ignored it. Um, and this year, I think that is the one clear thing. It's very clear. There's three teams in the NFC. Somebody will surprise us and enter the mix, the saints or the lions or the whoever, uh, but yeah. there's three good teams in the NFC. You have one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFC. Your roster is as stacked as it's been in at least 10 years. This is the year. And the one thing that is going to break you is if an offensive lineman gets hurt. And we all know that. So they should do something about it. And I feel like we kind of all know that it's a certainty at some point, but it's a kind of a mix of like how long will that happen for and all that good stuff. You know, let's just all do our uh, magic voodoo manis- manifestations over Tyron Smith's body these okay. days. Deal. <laughs> um, okay, so they've made some like extensions, some deals in the off se- off season slash training camp time. Um, would you do you agree with a lot of those extensions and like all the deals that they made? Do you think they were smart? Uh, yeah, I think they had a really good off season. I can't think of a contract that they signed that you're like, that's a bad contract. Yeah. Uh, I think the Diggs one is good. I think the Donovan Wilson one is good. I think the Malik Hooker one is good. Uh, it's not a contract, but the best thing they did is obviously the trades for Brandon cooks and Stefan Gilmore. That's why they're going to go in my mind from a team that is a playoff team. And then you see what happens to a team that you could literally go into a playoff game and say, I expect you to win this game. Like, everybody gets really mad about last year. Like, how dare you lose to the 49ers, and this team sucks. Vegas told you you were going to lose to the 49ers. You were the underdog going into the game. What are you talking about? Uh, this is the team that could go into those games and not be an underdog, and it'll be because of Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, but the rest of those 
uh, are definitely part of it. No, they done good. They done real good. Although it'd be really cool if they drafted Nolan Smith in the first round and Osiris Torrance in the second, because then I'd be pass rushing my ass off and I would have an offensive lineman. I'm with you on that. Um, but the, as far as the Zach Martin deal goes, do you feel like it was a little more team friendly than you were expecting? Or um, do you feel like it was better for Zach? No, I feel like that was about what it was going to be. I didn't think they were going to like yeah. reset the market. And it was also hard because we didn't know what Zach Martin wanted. Like, did Zach Martin just want to raise? Did Zach Martin want to play for more years? And it turned out the answer was he's probably just going to play two more years. And he wanted his little kisses on the way out where it's like, look, I got two years left of this. My money is no longer guaranteed. I'm underpaid. Uh, and so you're going to give me some money. And once he made the decision to hold out in a world where you lose 50 grand a day and it can't be forgiven, he was getting that money or he was not going to play. And like, that's very bold, but he also did it at a time when we know that without him, this offensive line's dead in the water. So I was like, yeah, I'm confident that I'm going to get fined a million dollars, but I'm going to win because at some point you're going to realize he ain't coming and we have to have him because we have nothing else. Um, so no, it worked out. I think about the way it should, where it was like, look, you don't have to like reset the guard market, even though I am better than those guys. I understand right. that you have a little bit of leverage and that I do have a contract, but I also have some leverage in that you can't win without me. And, uh, well, what you want to win anyway. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's about right where you just say, okay, well, we'll guarantee all your money and we'll give you some more. And then everybody will be happy. I think it worked out for everybody. The only thing, the only guy who always looks dumb in these situations, according to me, is Jerry Jones because of just the way he talks. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. We'll see him when he gets here. He's getting fined. There's real consequences to this. We know damn well he's going to get paid by you. You just have to talk like, well, I don't know. There ain't no negotiation here. Yes, there is. And you're going to pay him. And we know it because it happens every time. Stop talking. Like you're not going to, because all you're going to do is piss somebody off. It's not going to change the end result because the end result is you fold. It's what you do. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Which it's fine. Yeah. What did you do? It would have been a weird hill funny. to die on after paying Zeke after a holdout to be like, but not Zach Martin. What? exactly that's ex that was exactly my thought i was like you're really gonna play hardball with zach martin yeah he just really wanted that extra mil from him i guess <laughs> um i liked your um tweets too about how you're like this is the great time for zach to be like texting them saying like uh you want me back now yeah or like they're afraid to play cooper rush in this week they're afraid to play cooper rush <laughs> because they're not playing their offensive linemen and their backups aren't any good 
So yes, Zach was 100% watching the Cowboys preseason game and sending kissy emojis or something to Jerry or Steven. Like, you guys, is this fun? You guys like that? You have nothing. You have no one. You need me. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, there were <clears throat> there were three questions that um, Mr. Derek Eagleton was asking on Cowboys break that I was dying to hear your opinion on. Um, and I just thought they were, they were, were giving, they were very broad questions. So it just felt right. Um, but which second year player is more prime for a breakout season? I'm including some defensive players too here, but Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, Tyler Smith, Jerron Bland, or Damone Clark? Uh, it can't be Jerron Bland because he already did it. Um, he had five picks. He he doesn't count to me. Um, gosh, I think actually I think they're all good candidates because they're all going to be better than they were a year ago. The guy I'm actually going to go with because they attempted to draft someone to give away his starting job is Jake Ferguson, where we're going off a little sample size, but we also have last year where when he was on the field, his yards per route run, his all his nerd stuff, his EPA per target, all his nerd stuff was very good. Uh. And I think that there is a decent chance that Jake Ferguson, that there's no doubt, like, congrats, you used a second round pick. Scooney yeah. ain't taking my job. Like, I'm good. And I've already proven it in the NFL. Uh, so, like, I do think Tolbert's going to take a step, but if everybody's healthy, you're wide receiver four. Jake Ferguson might have 70 catches for 850 yards. I think Jake Ferguson's the dude. Yeah, we know they love to utilize the tight ends. You think that he, like, that's always been like the safety blanket position. Do you think that he's going to be like as good or better um, than Dalton Schultz, like as far as comfortability goes with Dak? Uh, it's a little bit scary because I do think that Dalton Schultz doesn't get enough credit for what he did here, but I do think that Jake Ferguson has a little more juice. So I think that if he is can get to where Dalton Schultz was with Dak, where it's really just a trust thing or that I know exactly where and when you're going to be at that exact spot. Uh, yeah, I think depending how you measure it, like not totals, like yards and catches, but in terms of the performance you get from that guy on a per down basis. Yeah. I think they could be better than they were last year. Yeah, I do. I'm a Ferg believer. I believe in Ferg, and I know there's going to be people who believe in Scooney, but that's fine. You're just, you're going to have to show me first, right? It took you five yeah, years I mean, to start in college. I'm not, I'm not going to just think you're going to start in the NFL. Yeah, we've we've made that mistake before, and it wasn't fun. Um, which vet do you think is most at risk of not making the team? Ronald Jones, Neville Gallimore, or Kelvin Joseph? Oh, see, I think it's yes, yes, and yes. Um, if I had to guess, I don't think Neville Gallimore is making the team. Really? Uh, well, I just, I do the defensive line in my head and in my head I go, okay, we'll just start with D tackle only Mozzie Hankins Osa. And then when I go with the edge guys that I know are on the team, Parsons tank, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, throw in junior Fihoko because he's a fourth round rookie. They're not cutting a fourth round rookie. That's nine D linemen. So maybe I've got one more, 
and it could be Chauncey Golston. It could be Neville. It could be Bohana. So I think the odds are Neville doesn't make the roster. Um, and then Joseph has not looked good. I could see him not making it. You got to think Eric Scott looked awful in the game, but he's a rookie that they traded up to pick. So he'll make the team. Jay Lou, if he's going to be healthy, make it. So you got your starting three plus four, five, and Deshaun Wright versus Joseph versus whoever. Uh, I'll call Joseph 50 50. And who is the other one? Ronald Jones? Yeah. Uh, Ronald Jones doesn't make my team. I like you're suspended for two weeks. Deuce Vaughn's my running back too. And Rico Dowdle or Malik Davis is just fine. Uh, yeah, I'll say Ronald Jones doesn't make the team. Yeah, I'll say Neville's out, Jones is out, and Joseph is 51% out. I think there's a chance all of them don't make it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely fair. Um, I like how you mentioned Deuce Vaughn, like, obviously over Ronald Jones. Um, do you think that's a little too much hype on him already? Or, like, is he completely worth the hype? Maybe, because there's something weird going on. And I admit uh, that this is only in my brain. But in my brain, this makes all the sense in the world. Even going into preseason game one, I think Deuce Vaughn already was on the Cowboys. Like, he was locked on the roster. They know who he is. They know he can play. Uh, but then you're running out Rico Dowdle and Malik Davis as your running backs with your first half team. And in my brain, that makes sense because they're competing against each other and Deuce Vaughn doesn't count. He exists in his own little world. That makes no sense, but that's what's going on in my brain is that it doesn't matter because he's better than them. Let them, let's see them behind whatever we've got and see which one is making a run at Ronald Jones and Deuce is just going to be here. And I could be totally wrong. But like Deuce Vaughn has been, I don't like to make it personal about other players, but they're the players competing against each other. Like Deuce yeah. Vaughn has been better than Rico Dattle his whole life. He's been better than Malik Davis his whole life. Now I would have to go check like in high school, I'm sure the star system wouldn't agree because he's five, five, but I watched all of them play college football. One of them destroyed college football and the other two were rotational guys that were okay at college football. Deuce is better than them. It's just a matter of, are you really that afraid of how tall someone is? And I don't know why you would be at running back because it's an advantage. It's not an advantage when you're throwing to him in terms of catch radius and maybe as a picking up pass blocking, but well, okay. Here's another mini rant. How many people are worried about who's going to be the pass blocking running back? We have to do it so much. You know how many snaps per game Zeke was a pass protector last year? I don't. Three per game. Y'all are that effing worried about who is going to maybe have to block a linebacker three times a game? I'm not. Because you know what I would do? And this this doesn't matter. This is not analysis. This is just me ranting about what I would do. But what I would do is it wouldn't matter a half of a whale's butt how Deuce Vaughn was in pass protection. Because every time you blitz, he is not blocking you. He's going that way. And I'm throwing him the ball. Blitz again. And I'm going to throw it again. Blitz again. And I'm going to throw it again. I don't have to block you. It's the dumbest thing ever. Send five. That's fine. Send five and cover Deuce. Fine. Ferguson. 
send five and cover deuce and have somebody sitting on him. Fine. I'm throwing a slant blitz. I dare you. My running back <laughs> is not here to block your linebackers or your D linemen ever, ever. <laughs> I love that energy. Um, you want to block, put Sean McEwen in the effing backfield. I don't care. Can we um, get you a whistle and send you out to Oxford? Or I guess not Oxford anymore, but out to Seattle. Let's yes. get you out there. And every time I ask Tony Pollard or Deuce Vaughn to pass protect, I'm going to fire a flag on the field. And I'm just going to be like, why are you wasting him? Like, maybe you do that on third and 11 when you're worried about having time to throw. And if you're going to do that, you know what else you should have done? Not had him on the field. Because if the idea is to have him in there to block, put in a blocker. Or another receiver. He said <laughs> Now, do you think his heights – we watched that, like, erroneous throw from uh, Will Greer, like, what well, was too high for Deuce. Do you think if he's, like, constantly practicing, you know, or consistently practicing with Dak and getting those reps in, do you think – someone who is as um, experienced as Dak would, you know, not that, not to say that he doesn't make mistakes, but do you think that's a huge factor thinking about like having to throw down to him or do we not worry about that? Not huge. Um, It is a factor, but it's a plus and a minus. The plus is that he still gets to be Deuce Vaughn when you throw him the ball. So once he's caught it, good luck. That's hell. Um, But before that, yeah, a bad, like a bad throw to Deuce Vaughn is a worse throw because there will be times depending on where the bad throw is like the one that he should have scored on. That was also an awful throw. He had no problem going three feet in the air to go get it. So like he can go get a ball, but it does depend on what you're running and what the situation is. Yeah. You have to be, cause if you combine not just height, but then you also do arm length, you're probably your window to throw to deuce is probably call it four or five inches in height maybe five or six and an arm length it's probably another six like you're missing a foot in every direction so yeah you you, your room for error is smaller but also most running back routes you're throwing to a guy who's reasonably open and it shouldn't matter but it can it did for will greer on one throw it can yeah i think that was one where we were all just shocked at how like his height played a factor in that Regardless, um, we've obviously been talking about Deuce. He was a 2023 draft pick. Um, Which 2023 draft pick is going to have the biggest impact this season? Okay, it's not Scooney. It's not Overshown, maybe? This will be between Deuce Vaughn, DeMarvion Overshown, and Mozzie Smith. Um, I'll still say Mozzie. I think his first week left something to be desired. You saw all of his yeah. good stuff, but you also saw some stuff where you're like, Ew. um, but I'll say it's, oh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be Mozzie. It's not like he's going to have zero sacks. He's not going to play on third down. Um, yeah. unless Pollard gets hurt, it's not going to be deuce. It's not going to be over. I, you know what this exercise is making me realize? I don't think their draft class is going to help them much. Um, is Overshown going to start? No. I don't think any of them start, to be fair. <sighs> okay, it might be Deuce. It might be Deuce. Do you think they'll see the most of the field, or 
No, like I think Mozzie's going to play plenty and yeah. he'll be, you know what? I'll say Mozzie Smith, but it's not going to show up as sacks and tackles for loss. It's just going to be, be out there and do your job. Uh, but I got people, you know, just people after the draft were selling real hard. Like, yeah, but he's also this incredible athlete. Mozzie's going to be so good. And I hope he is, but if he is, it's going to be in year two or three, it's not going to be year one in year one. He's going to be a run stopper. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could go redo the draft. <laughs> I mean, I think you already told us uh, some picks that you would have changed, so that doesn't shock me too much. Oh, Nolan Smith is so good. He's yeah. so good. I know Cyrus Torrance is looking really good in Buffalo. You could have a – it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think personally I'm, like, on the overshone train. Um, but, I mean – yeah, it's just thinking about the fact that not, none of them are really starting here. Um, it's crowded for it's just crowded for Overshown. Like LVE yeah. and I think Damone Clark will be your top two oh. linebackers, and then Overshown's okay. competing against Jabril Cox. And then you factor in the fact that on a lot of plays, it's actually a third safety who's your second right. linebacker. And uh, yeah, like I like what I've seen from him for sure. It's just crowded. He's crowded back there. Yeah, I mean, okay, so Jabril Cox, obviously last year, um, he was a healthy scratch a lot of the season. Um, do you think that had to do more with scheme, or was he just really not ready? I have no idea. He's my biggest mystery of the entire Cowboys team because I liked him. I loved it when they drafted him. I think he made it to the fourth round. I was like, are you kidding me? Linebackers who yeah. can cover are gold in the NFL. This is great. Um, and he was hurt coming in, but – like last year, watching him in camp, he was good. In preseason games, he was good. And so everything I saw, I'm like, he should be playing. And yet, Damone Clark coming off spinal fusion with no training camp is the guy who went in as soon as he was okay. And I'm just like, what? I'm missing something, and I don't know what it is. Because Jabril Cox, for last year's camp and preseason, and for this year's camp, it's like, everything looks good. I have no idea. I don't know. Okay, so we think he looks good. Are we? Is he someone that you're kind of focusing on in these upcoming um, preseason games? Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's also in the mix with so many guys. I think watching linebackers is a good bet because you can see Damone Clark, Overshone, Cox, um, even Brain Fart, Oklahoma State second year guy Harper. No, um, don't worry about it, Devin Harper. Right, <laughs> I think so. Um, but yeah, like, cause they got a bunch of dudes linebackers, probably one of their quote weakest position groups, but it's also deep. So I'm not terrified of it. I just don't think they have any great players in there, but they have so many dudes that might be capable of competing. So it's fun. What's their strongest position group? Mm, safety and corner. I think they're about as good as it gets at corner. Diggs and Gilmore is absolutely as good as it gets for outside corners. Philly's good too, but that's as good as it gets. Bland was really good last year. The safety group is really good. Uh, the pass rush group is top five in the NFL. The receiver group might be top five in the NFL. Uh, what I'm saying is they're really good. They're good. I don't know if they have a kicker. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if they have a kicker, and I don't think their D tackles are great, and their linebackers are probably just okay, but and their tight ends are probably just okay, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. They pretty stacked. 
best group, best group. Best group is corner if nobody gets hurt because that's top okay. two. That's top two in the NFL. The fact that safety is even in the discussion is fun. So, yeah. And I don't think they have one of the best safeties in football. I just think they have three that are way above average. Like you have three good safeties, and that's fun. Yeah, as opposed to none. So we'll take that all day. Um, <clears throat> do you have any solution to their kicker issues? No. Uh, okay. Open tryouts. Hope Aubrey's good. Because here's the thing. Like Here's the two names that I keep hearing is like Robbie Gold, if I'm remembering this right, does won't even do kickoffs. And Mason Crosby, 80% of his kickoffs last year were returned. That doesn't even happen. We don't get kick returns. His touchback percentage was, it might have been like 24. But like 75% or 80% of Mason Crosby's kickoffs are returned because he can't get it to the end zone. Um, So I would write off the old guys unless you're going to carry a David Beeler, a kickoff kicker, and a kicker kicker, which is dumb. So yeah, open tryouts. Or, or Brandon Aubrey, or actually, you know what? In some camp somewhere, there's two good kickers. I don't know where it is because I don't care. But somewhere, there's a camp with two good kickers, and you just wait for one to get cut. Would you holler at Dicker the kicker? Um, I don't even remember when. How quickly did he get run out of the league? Is did was he kicking well, last year? He was on the Eagles for a hot minute when um, their guy got knocked out. Dicker the kicker went 21 of 22 and made every extra point. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I just, I just want a guy that's bring him in, right? What's that? At least bring him in the building. Yes. Bring everybody in. I don't care. And it's like, well, we, Aubrey had his best day kicking when we got rid of the other kicker. I don't care. Like He still missed a PAT. Yeah. And he missed a PAT, but it's like, well, once we remove that pressure, you don't get to remove pressure. You're a kicker. Yeah. The pro- the thing is, the pressure is what ruined our last kicker. Yeah. So it's going to be pressure. Put as much pressure as possible on this man. I think Jerry should be the holder in practice when they're kicking. Yeah, like the owners. Yeah. The owners here watching every kick. I'm looking over I'm your shoulder. Take the money off your top line every time you fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got fined for that one. Try again. Miss again. You go home. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, <clears throat> thank you so much for joining us today over here on the world's team. You are a pleasure and everyone needs to go follow you wherever all your things are happening. Tell us about your YouTube. Tell us about your, um, sh- speakeasy show. Remind all the people. YouTube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh and two to 6 PM on 97, one, the freak in the FW. And if you're outside the listening area, use the iHeartRadio app and you can listen. And we podcast every segment, wherever you get your podcasts, just look up 97, one, the freak to speak easy. That was beautiful. Um, you can find me at Meg Murray with four hours. They don't want you to share yours. (laughs) You can follow the dogs on honestly on our Instagram. So, you know, check them out there. But um, be sure to uh, follow Blogging the Boys wherever you listen to podcasts. There is something every single day for you, um, especially on Fridays and Saturdays. You can join me and Kelsey on Friday and then me and Paul usually on Saturdays. Um, Also, check out bloggingtheboys.com. There's something every single day. Um, And, you know, until next week, Cowboys forever, Philly for never. (laughs) 